One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And welcome to a brand new Arsblog Arscast right here on Arsblog.com. I hope you're well. It's uh, St. Patrick's Day and we're recording here. And Oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. What am I doing? Hang on. Hello. Oh, welcome to another Arsblog Arscast. Yeah. On Arsblog. Ah, the beauty of St. Patrick's Day. But no, I am eschewing the beer, and the wine, and the rum, and vodka, and the gin, and the vomiting, and the fighting, the falling over, the splitting your head open, the accident and emergency, the stitches, the infection, the pus. Ah, I'm eschewing all the good things about this wonderful day of ours. Instead, I'm sitting home and making sure there's an arse cast for you. And what an arse cast! I have to tell you what an arse cast! We're trying to get beyond the misery of going out of the FA Cup last weekend. So uh, something a little bit different joining me in a few moments' time uh, to discuss his life at Arsenal Football Club is Stuart McFarlane, who you may or may not know is the official club photographer. So we'll find out exactly what his job entails, how it's changed down through the years, uh, what the players are like to take pictures of, and some of his favourite memories and favourite photographs. That's still to come. We have got Internet Joe, we've got R. Shavin, and as well as that, your chance to win some fairly awesome gear thanks to Pele Sports. I've got two pairs of football boots, I've got some t-shirts and some zip-ups and all that uh, to give away a little bit later on in the show. So there's plenty to keep you occupied between now and whenever this thing finishes. So, um, football, it, it hasn't been good. It wasn't good, particularly last weekend when we played Manchester United away from home in the FA Cup, and I looked at their team, and like many of you, I thought, you know what, we probably have a fairly good chance here, given the fact that they're playing seven defenders from the start, playing two fullbacks in midfield, none of the big star, no Fletcher, no Scholes, no Giggs, no Carrick, no, what's his face, the curly Canadian con, Hargreaves, none of him. And I was thinking, you know, we could really do something here, and we, we played reasonably well. But when it came right down to it, in terms of cutting edge, we didn't have any. And United, when they were presented with chances, took the chances. They took advantage of uh, poor defending. They took advantage of our weakness down the left-hand side. And despite the fact we had all the ball and all the uh, possession and more shots on goal, probably, we never really troubled van der Sar that much. He had a good game. He made some good saves. But really, we struggled to score there. 
and we struggle very often to turn all the chances and all the possession we have into real, real goal-scoring opportunities. Now, of course, we were without some players, some important players, but then so were they. And, you know, they won. And maybe it's just a bad spell we're going through, or maybe we just have a fundamental weakness in that we can't win games that we should. And the sign, they always say, of a very good team is playing badly and winning. More often than not, when we play badly, we lose. We've scrapped out a few results this season, but on the days when we've played really badly, we've dropped points. And uh, United, not that they played particularly badly, but they didn't have to do a great deal to win, did they? So we've gone from a situation where we're in four competitions and we're talking quadruples and now we're down to the one tuple. And, you know, if we don't get a result this weekend, then it's a non-tuple, probably, even though there's lots of football still to play, 10 games and the whole lot. But, of course, the game against United was compounded by an injury to Johan Giroud. And his importance is underlined by the fact we haven't lost a league game with him in the team since 2008. Now, some of that, of course, is the fact that he didn't play at all in 2009 or 10 or one of them. But there's no denying the centre of our defence looks better when he's in it. Whether he's alongside Koscielny or Skilacci, we look better and more solid defensively when he's in the team. Of course, he has some moments himself, some dodgy moments, but then who doesn't? And now we're left in a situation where we have two fit centre-halves. Alex Song, who could fill in there, is unfit. And beyond that, we've got Ignacy Mikel, who is a young Spaniard. And, you know, it's a big step up from reserve team football to the first team and a first team that is trying to win the Premier League title. It's not so much a step up as you would need a great big ladder to get up there. And while you're up there, yeah, it's difficult. And it will be very difficult to expect that young man to come into the team and perform to a, to a high level. And a curious thing today, given that Thomas Vermalen has been ruled out for the rest of the season, Arsene Wenger said today at his press conference, I never expected him back. Which goes against everything he said in January. He said he'll be back in six weeks. So it's a funny thing for him to say. And if he didn't ever expect him back, why didn't we do something in January? Even a loan signing in January would have fit the bill. Here we are, with no Vermalen, no Juru, arguably the two best central defenders at the club, and we're going into a title run-in in games with massive, massive pressure, and we've shown, probably when the pressure's on, that we don't cope with it terribly well, and with a partnership that has done okay at times. I know people have their concerns about Skusielny, and I have those exact same concerns, they haven't been terrible every single time they've played together. They've done all right at times, so we need them to do all right between now and the end of the season. So it's all a bit, you know, dark and gloomy and uh, all the rest. But we were lightened, I suppose brightened by the news that Jens Lehmann is coming back. Maybe it's a sign of how mad Arsene has gone. Maybe it is that 10 games from the end of a season in which we can win the league title, we're put in a situation where... We need an emergency goalkeeper. So who do we get? Do we get somebody from a club who could come in and probably sit there on the bench of Dora? He's gone for Jens Lehmann, 41-year-old who's retired a year and who has, well, you would say a checkered history with the man who he's going to be understudying, and that's Manuel Almunia. Arsene says today that Jens will come in and he'll provide motivation for Almunia, and I, I accept that, and I, I can see lots of good points about 
bringing Jens back because he's been there, uh, gone the distance in a league title. He was the keeper for the invincible season. He knows what it's like to go into the final games of the season. None of the rest of them do, really. So from that point of view, the experience, uh, and maybe he can calm things down, or maybe he can focus them, or maybe he can tell them what's expected and what they need to do because they seem a little bit rudderless at times. So from that point of view, I can see uh, the benefits of it. If you step right back from it, though, if you step back from it, you go, well, he signed a 41-and-a-half-year-old goalkeeper. This is a bit weird. So let's hope that it's an inspired signing in the sense that it does provide the dressing room uh, with the boost it needs and with maybe just that bit of experience and calmness and experience Uh, That is missing going into these final 10 games of the season. So uh, there you go. That's been uh, the week that's in it. The rest of the time has been very quiet. The club been very quiet uh, in general, uh, which is what usually happens when it's a disappointing week. And that's no bad thing either. Um, We can let the doom and gloom wash over us and and get ready for this weekend's game against West Brom. But now to uh, some of the rest of the week here's Internet Joe. I'm Internet Joe. Now's me 32nd round up. United away. FA Cup. The double is still on. Look at that United team. 16 defenders. We're going to smash them. 1-0. Fucking Brazilians. I hate triplets. Fander Sar, stop it, will you? You're older than me, Granda. Seriously. Oh, Jesus. 2-0. It's all over now. Still good news. Ramsey's back. Bad news. Jury's dead. Watch this. Jens Lehmann coming back to fill the gap. No way. Way. More from Internet Joe on next week's Arsecast. Now, we know a lot about the club. We know the manager, the players, the coaches, the assistant manager, the medical staff, the board. We know all about the kids that are coming through. We know pretty much everything about everything. But you think about the pictures that you see on the Arsenal website. What do we know about the official club photographer and what his job entails? Not terribly much. So I'm delighted to welcome to the show the official Arsenal club photographer, Stuart McFarlane. Hi there. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. Now, um, it's a job, I suppose everybody is aware of of your work because of uh, the pictures that they see on the official website and in the magazine, etc., etc. But um, how long have you been doing it and how did you come to get the job as the club photographer at Arsenal? Well, I've been here, this is my 10th year uh, as a staff, as full-time staff. Uh, But before that, I worked for a local sports agency who were contracted to Arsenal just to cover home and a few away matches. Uh, That was my contract when I worked there, and that started in 1990. So as as the uh, club got bigger, they were looking for someone to come in as staff, and in 2000, they approached me to come, and obviously I didn't really have to think too much about it. I said yes straight away. Um, The the job, obviously, uh, from probably when you started... Uh, working for that agency and the job now are, are, are very different, I would imagine, uh, in the sense that the technology has changed uh, and, and maybe the demands of the job have changed as well in terms of how quickly you need to, to turn things around. Um, I mean, I suppose it's been a relatively seamless adaptation, but perhaps you could give us a, an idea of what, what's different now from, from way back then. Well, when I first... The first jobs I did for Arsenal, it was just purely match action, and and that was it. But as soon as I came in as staff, there was plans to build a new stadium. So uh, Ken Fry sent me round to the site that the Emirates is on now to to photograph the area, uh, to make it look as 
dirty as possible, really, and as grimy as possible. <laughs> so, so really, we that was the big start of it. Probably the stadium construction, and then as well as the match stuff, we cover. We do a lot of community work. So we, there's two of us now. We go into schools with our coaches, photograph kids getting uh, after school uh, football coaching, and also educational uh classes so it has it's not purely just the football side it's it's really arsenal in the community as well which is quite a huge part of our, of our work here mm, and from a technological point of view as well obviously things are are different um has the move to uh, all things digital i mean i presume that's made life a lot easier yeah we when we first started when i first started it was all film you'd hand develop all your film so your turnaround on pictures is quite slow. But now you press the button and then the picture appears on the screen. I still don't understand how it works. I still just press the button. I'm still amazed every time I see a picture come up. But it it does it, it makes life so much easier not to be knee-deep in chemicals and uh, having to dry film with hair dryers and stuff like that. Now it's a very clean, very quick process. We get we can get pictures up on the website in five minutes. So it's, it makes our life a lot easier. But we seem to do, have more work. The, the easier the job becomes, technically wise, the more the bigger the clubs get, and the more jobs we have to cover. So, so there's a greater expectation because you can turn things around much more quickly. You can do this, 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 and this, whereas before yeah. you would have been developing. Yeah, and there's no the old the, the agency I used to work at. It was quite it covered a lot of rugby and a lot of football. So you go to a rugby match or a football match, you come back, you dump your film in the office, and you'll go for a pint. <laughs> but now the 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 sort the it's changed. You know, it's work first, and then once all your work's done, you can relax. So there's a massive sort of change in culture in in this industry. What what what's a typical match day like then for you? What sort of time do you get to the ground? Let's say a home game. Uh, do you have a specific routine? Are there expectations? I mean, do you have to take certain pictures of the players coming in, or how does it work? Well, we had for a three o'clock kickoff. Generally, we would have a list of jobs to cover from various departments. So there will be uh, sponsors, a few sponsors' pictures. We've had some new areas built at the stadium, the the new Woolwich areas. So. Every couple of matches, we'll be asked to go up and do some some generic pictures around there. But it, it's really we're here for every department at the club. So on a, on a match day, each department will maybe have a list of stuff they want us to do, and we're sort of on our feet, really running around from about maybe eleven o'clock in the morning. And it's only the only time you sit down is really when the game starts, and then a few bits and pieces at half time, and then maybe an hour and a half, two hours work after the game. Mm. So it's not. Uh, the, the best bit is the match. That's when you can sit down and relax. Really, the rest of the time spent running around. Do you when it's uh, when it's time for the match? Do you stay in one particular area, or do you move around? Uh, you know, to try and capture shots, depending on which end Arsenal are playing into, etc. Yeah, generally, well, there's two of us. There's myself and David, the other photographer. So mm. we on certain games. Uh, we'll both cover Arsenal attack, but if if there's a goalkeeper or a defender that we need, we haven't got much off. We'll move move around to try and get a few shots of them. Because if you just concentrate on Arsenal attack all the time, then you end up with a library of strikers and midfield players and no goalkeepers or defenders. So mm. we try, we tend to move. But in in the really really big games, like say Barcelona, 
for example, will just both concentrate on Arsenal attack because you know that that is such a big game. Whereas whereas a league game, we can afford to move around a little bit. What about uh, non-match days? Um, in terms of you, you spoke about the promotional stuff that you've you've got to do, and I think uh, people who might follow you on on Flickr who are who know your account, yeah. we'll see a lot of the 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 off-field stuff, and some of the photos are quite quirky and interesting and, and different angles. What, what's it like working with uh, the players? Because I assume, like most of us, there are some of them that really enjoy having their picture taken and are quite the, uh, quite the characters, and others who uh, would prefer to do anything other than, than have their picture taken. <laughs> to be fair, they're, 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 a good, they're a really good group. And, and, I, and I think because we work with them regularly, they know us, they trust us. There's none that will run away from having their picture taken. Uh, there's some more than others, but someone like Andrea Sharvin always hides his face. <laughs> yeah, he thinks it, he, he thinks it's funny for some reason. But mo- most of them are okay. When 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 I'm at a training session, they don't even take any notice because I've been around <laughs> in their eye. I've been around longer than virtually all the players, so I'm just sort of part of the furniture really. So they don't. They, some of them play up a little bit but they never they never turn around and say don't you know don't do that or don't do this they're they're pretty easy going really what about down the years i mean who have been planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm thinking of someone like Ian Wright for example that might have been uh someone who was uh, a character who who really enjoyed it or played up for the cameras. Have there been any down the years that have done that consistently? Yeah, they're, they're, they're all really good, actually. There's, there's not really been any always turn their back, but from the, from the current crop, Alex Song is very, loves having his picture taken, <laughs> Emmanuel Bowie. There, there, are, there are some that just look for me, when they walk out for training and make stupid faces. But thinking back, really, I think this lot are probably a little bit more open and engaging than, than, the, former, than the former players. Hmm. Uh, but, that, uh, go on, sorry, sorry. Go on. Oh, well, I was going to ask, is that, a, is that a generational thing? Because what we have, I don't know, you know, you look at uh, stuff like social media and Facebook and Twitter and, and yeah. um, you know, I'm of an age where, I, I wouldn't necessarily be interested in sharing the minutiae of my life with everybody in pictorial form, whereas younger yeah. people these days, um, you know, they do. And they, you know, I've got a daughter who's who's nearly 20 and Facebook and Twitter and there's pictures and yeah. and they all seem to enjoy 
uh, having their picture taken and putting their pictures up without any sort of great shame or embarrassment, which I certainly yeah. would have. So maybe there's that yeah, to it. <laughs> Me too. But I, I, I give stuff to the players all the time, and certainly with Jack Wilshire, I give him regularly give him pictures that he puts up on his uh, on mm. his Flickr and, and, and a few of the boys as well. And quite a lot of them now have got their own websites, and, and we supply a lot of images for them. So. So really, they're, they're you know they're happy to have their picture taken. I regularly get emails from uh, from their agents and people who do their websites for updates of pictures. And David, the uh, the other photographer here, does a lot of work with with the reserve team. And after virtually every game, he gets a whole load of emails from the players asking for them to send pictures through to him. So yeah. you know it's it's a positive thing for them that that we're around, and you know it's nice for us to to be able to you know, to to give these guys pictures that helps them promote themselves and help helps them promote the football club. Mm. And you wouldn't really have any worries about them taking your job when you look at some of the pictures that they put up, the, the stuff on Twitter, for example, <laughs> the homemade pics of people sleeping on the coach, etc. Um, quality well, isn't the issue, of, is yeah. it? <laughs> well, a couple... I've, I've done a... I, I've been, I don't really follow Twitter. I, I look on it occasionally, but I've, I know that Jack tries to catch players out on the coach sleeping but i've been on the coach and i've got a picture of him sleeping which i sent around so it's all it's all good natured uh, i think the ones who don't want to be involved in it don't have don't have a uh, their twitter accounts but generally i think it seems to be a bit of a uh, competition to see who can with amongst them to see who can get the most amount of people someone asleep while they're traveling to and from the game mm. What what are some of your uh, favourite photographs um, from from down the years? Maybe from a match or uh, memories. Maybe uh, last day at Highbury, something like that. Are there any that really stick in your mind? And and for you, what what makes uh, a great photo? Well, oh God, I, I did have a look through my, some of my stuff last night, but it's re- from a game. You get you you shoot a game of football, and then at the end of it, I'm all I'm never happy. You might get a few you know nice set of action pictures, but I've never got the ultimate action picture yet, so it would be something that's a little bit slightly different to a, you know, a match picture. Say, the last the last game at Highbury, I uh, I just did a lovely picture of the dressing room before the players arrived with all the shirts hanging up. The mm. old dressing room stood up on the window ledge, which is one of my favourites because it's a nice picture and also because it was that was the last game. You know, that was that was it, and uh, and on that day as well. I, I did get one. I got one really nice picture of, uh, I think it was Dennis Bergkamp, Robert Perez, and Cesc Fabregas sitting in the dressing room yeah. after the game. Uh, it just—it's not so much the picture, but just actually the moment. But uh, there's, there's been a few down the years. We won the league at, at Tottenham. I got a nice picture of the manager standing in front of the Arsenal fans with his arms up, mm. and right between his arms, hanging from the upper tier, was a banner that just said Arsene knows and luckily it was just right behind his head so that stands out uh, there, there's been so many Patrick Vieira's last kick for Arsenal the winning penalty against uh, against Man United uh, there's, there's too many to mention really I'm not saying they're, they're the best pitches it, you know, ever but mm. they're, they're ones that, that, that I when I when I think back I've been lucky to be in some with Arsenal, some very special moments, and I've been lucky enough to press the button on the camera at the right time. You know, mm. getting the winning, getting the picture of the winning goal 
that old Trafford silver wool tour to go well, up. You know, I'll remember that for the rest of my life. I think, and, and, and the whole day and the whole experience, Run, running down the middle of the pitch at Old Trafford with the Arsenal team. <laughs> I don't think many. I don't think many photographers would be allowed to do that. No. So it, a lot of it's the the pictures and the memories. They, they go together. Sure. Uh, I mean, you you say you haven't got the ultimate action shot yet. I mean, is there an element of is there just an element of luck to it as well? When you talk about that one, for example, with Arsene, just the timing of it where you have the banner in the background, I mean, does, does that play a part? I mean, as much as your skill as a photographer, there's just an element of good fortune to a really great shot. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You, you, you can... Uh, if, you, if you know the, t- the way the team plays and you know players and you know what they do, certainly when players celebrate goals they go certain players run one way certain players go another so you can cut the odds down on where you're going to get a nice celebratory picture but action pictures to be honest anyone with a general skill at photography could get a couple of good action pictures from a game but it's just you're dependent on what what the players do you know if there's a massive tackle picture and someone flies up in the air and if you get it you should get it because it's right in front of you. Mm. And if you don't get it, really, you shouldn't be in the job. But you, you can just re- you, you can only really record what's in front of you, and that, and that's what we try to do. I, I haven't. I've got some lovely pictures in my Arsenal career, but I'd still sort of strive for the ultimate action picture. Uh, but, but I suppose if I was a content with everything that I've shot now I wouldn't be very ambitious well that, that's true well um, we, we better leave it there but I hope uh, between now and the end of the season that you get uh, the ultimate action shot someone scoring the winning goal to, uh, to win the title for us um, and you're there to record it Stuart thank you very much indeed no problem at all that was Stuart McFarlane the official club photographer for Arsenal uh, as he said himself he's not really one for Twitter but he is on Flickr and there are some real gems on his Flickr page, I have to say. It's a bit difficult to call out the URL right now. Maybe you can go on and search for Stuart McFarlane and add him as a contact. Uh, if not, check today's blog. There's a link to his Flickr page there, and there's some really, really brilliant shots, including Patrick Vieira's last kick for Arsenal, the flight home from the Cup Winners' Cup in 94, and that picture he was talking about, Cesc Fabregas, Dennis Bergkamp, and Robert Pires in the dressing room at Highbury. It's generational and it's pretty much awesome how could any picture with those three not be completely awesome i'm going to give you a chance to win some cool stuff from pele sports in just a couple of moments time after our shavin hello this is our shavin and having a terrible terrible week first lose to manchester in cup and manchester also have in team twin Harshevin don't like uh, twin because uh, it's confusing, no? To have two people look same and you don't know uh, which is him and which is not him. It's confused when you go to doctor, for example, and doctor say, I have uh, bad news, are very sick. And he turn around and say, doctor, not me, he's my brother. Also, don't like when one twin get a punch in face, for example. Other twin feel pain. Don't like this as a concept. It's a freak of nature, which is why all twin and all triplet and all quaplet and fifthlet and sixthlet 
should all uh, to execute or maybe uh, can fight until death and uh, last one he can live yesterday in the training I come in I don't have uh, training uh, clothes I have green and I say to Vic what is going on here why is uh, I don't have training clothes have this green And he say, because uh, it is St. Patrick Day, and you have to dress as a leprechaun. And uh, instead of um, normal training, we have Chase Leprechaun Day. We are running and uh, they are trying to catch. And um, uh, Danielson, he catch me and he say, oh, I have caught leprechaun. Where is a pot of gold? So I say, where is your family? And he say, at home. And I say, that's what you think. More from Irish Avon in the very near future. Now, before we look ahead to the weekend's game, a competition for you and a very interesting and very cool competition it is too. If you're a football player and you're playing on grass, then you're going to love two of the prizes because it's uh, performance 1970 boots retailing in and around 140 euros a pair with thanks to Palais Sports. I've got two pairs of those to give away, so two prize winners can have those. As well as that, I've got three zip-up tops, training tops or hoodies, and four T-shirts to give away, all from the Palais Sports range. Now, uh, the simple question is, given that yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. I'd like you to name me two Arsenal players called Patrick. Very simple, two Arsenal players called Patrick. Email your answers to competition at arsblog.com. That's competition at arsblog.com. If you're not interested in the boots, please, please say so in your email. Because uh, the boots are very cool, and I want to make sure that the people who win the boots are people that are going to use them. So if you're just interested in the hoodies or the T-shirts, that's absolutely fine. Just put somewhere in your email that you're not interested in the boots. So competition at arsblog.com. The winners will be announced on next week's show. And uh, it's thanks, of course, to Pele Sports. That's pele-sports.com. And you can find a link to their stuff and their Facebook page on today's blog. So uh, get emailing and uh, the random number generator will do its thing on next week's show. So this weekend, we've got West Brom. And uh, West Brom, well, they surprised us a little bit at home. 3-2 in the end. Nasri got a couple of late goals back. It just wasn't enough to haul the game back, but it was, well, it was a bit of a disaster that day. The penalty and Almunia and, oh, well, it all went a bit wrong that day. So we need to make sure it goes right, and we need, after the week we've had, and the actually the couple of weeks that we've had, having gone out of competitions and cup competitions, and Arsene has been talking about how the, the morale in the team isn't as isn't as good as it has been at certain other times, and that's understandable, but there can't be any going out and feeling sorry for ourselves. We really, really, really have to pick ourselves up and go out there and win tomorrow because it's hugely important. Ten league games left, but we've got to make sure that we go into tomorrow's game fully focused, ready to put all the crap behind us and to put in a performance that we know we can put in. We're still missing some players. Theo Walcott is out. Cesc Fabregas is out. Obviously, two players that we're going to miss to a certain extent, but I think there's a little bit of um, injury management going on, shall we say, because after the West Brom game, there's a two-week interlull. So if either of those players were to play for us tomorrow, then their national teams could easily call them up. 
and we'll be justified in doing so. But if they're missing games for us, it gives us that extra time to get them all fit again. I think Alex Song is missing as well. So we do have some absentees, but we've got enough quality, I think, to go out there and win it. And it's about getting the uh, the experienced heads and the ones with a bit of character to the fore and dragging this team across the line tomorrow, if that's what it takes. It's difficult to build momentum very quickly. And uh, if we have to scrap a win out, if we have to scrape a win, if we get that one bit of luck that we haven't had for the last few weeks, then... I'll be quite happy with that. We've got Jens Lehmann on the bench. Jens will be in the dressing room. Some excellent pictures on the official side of Jens and Manuel, arm in arm, like old brothers reunited. We all know the truth, but it's nice to see anyway. And we've got to hope that this team can go into the interlull with the little bit of boost of confidence that a win tomorrow would bring. Um, It's uh, hard to think what it will be like if we don't win tomorrow and two weeks without any football the doom would be just the doom-tacular, doom-mungus, doomerific, and two weeks of it without any way of putting it right. So it's really, really important for uh, the team, for the fans, for everybody that we get a bit of a lift in tomorrow's game. So let's keep fingers crossed that that happens, that we can uh, lift ourselves up and head into this run-in uh, with a bit more verve and vigor and vim and proper arsenalness, a bit more arsenal about us, and let's fucking put things right. So uh, that's about that. Have yourselves a fantastic weekend. If you want to join me tomorrow for the live blog, if you can't find live coverage, join me for the live blog. There's live chat there as well. We'll keep you up to date with what's going on in the game. And uh, you can chat away with other people. Uh, Details on the site tomorrow. So until then, and until next week's Arscast, take it easy. Cheers. Bye-bye. It's the Nick Bender Show with me, Nick Bender. I'm Danny. Hello there, I'm Mick Bender, and I'm the greatest striker that ever lived. I'm better than Pele, Karl Heinz Rummenigge, Robbie Fowler, and Tony Eboa. On today's show, I'm going to relive one of my greatest ever moments when I went into a fully booked restaurant and they gave me the last table. And Benner walks into the restaurant. Excuse me, have you got a table for two, please? No, sir. Sorry, we're all booked up. Hang on. Wait a minute. Aren't you Mick Benner? That's right. I'm Mick Benner, the greatest striker that I ever lived. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Benner. You can come over here and sit in this table right here. Although it's booked, I'll give it to you because you are Mick Benner. Everybody, look. It's Mick Benner. He's going to sit at that table over there. Don't look at him, though. He's a star. Do you want to know what I have for me, dinner? Carbonara. It's the Mick Benner Show with me, Mick Benner, on Deadly. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 